Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 24-year breast cancer survivor, a certified life coach, and the author of my book, Thriving Beyond Cancer. And I'm Becky Olson. I'm a four-time 22-year survivor of advanced stage breast cancer, a motivational speaker, and a speaker mentor. Um, I'm also the author of my book, The Hat That Saved My Life. Sharon and I also are the co-founders of Breast Friends. And um, before we get on to our guest, I wanted to take a few minutes and talk about what our subject is about today. Um, we're going to talk about the importance of finding your twinkle, as we call it. And I wanted to start by telling a little bit of my story to some of our listeners who might be new to our stories. And then, Sharon, I'm going to ask you at the end to kind of tell a little a little bit about yours as well. So, okay. um, But Sharon and I, we first met selling Yellow Pages. And when we first started doing that, the job was pretty easy because everyone used Yellow Pages. But then they kind of became a dinosaur. Remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. It got harder and harder. Yeah. But unfortunately, the goals for the company stayed the same and the job became nearly impossible. And and I kind of remember starting to feel that, that squeeze, you know, it was really getting really a lot harder. And then I had my first diagnosis of breast cancer in 1996. And when I came back from that, <clears throat> excuse me, I started to really... Um, the job was was getting more difficult. The stresses just kind of grew, and I really started to hate my job. And but it was hard to leave at that point because my job provided all the health insurance for the family. It was a hundred thousand dollar a year job. How do you walk away from that? Um, and, and it was it was really hard. But after my diagnosis, when Sharon and I um, decided that we would start this organization called Breast Friends, um, we, you know, I found that it was easier to kind of think about maybe leaving that job and moving more toward what was bringing me joy. And that was working with breast friends. I was starting to think about my goal as a speaker because I really wanted to be on a stage and speak in front of people. And it really started to to gel the ideas, you know, in our heads doing that. But the point is I was still at that job and I went to bed. Sharon, I know I shared this with you before. I went to bed every night with a knot in my gut I woke up in the morning with a knot in my gut. I had that knot all day long, and it was it was really becoming very obvious that this was not the right place for me. But I stayed because of all those reasons I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And then hard to leave. It is I hard know, to leave. Yeah. It is. And and then I had my second diagnosis eight years later, and I'm I'm still at the same stupid job, right? So I had my second diagnosis, and I said to my son Micah. That, you know, the good news is if I have cancer again, I can take more time off from work. And he said, out of the mouth of babes, he says, well, mom, that's a little telling, don't you think? And I said, what do you mean? He says, you'd rather have cancer than go to work. And I thought, holy moly, he's right. I, I remember that remember like that? It was yesterday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. it was it was pretty, pretty telling, honestly. And it still took me a year because I still had to get some things, you know, in a row. But at least I knew my, my days were numbered at that point. And then it, it all kind of happened sooner than I anticipated. But it happened all in one day. I walked into my office. I got this message from my boss that kind of sent me over the edge. 
I walked into his office and said, you know what? I was really hoping I could make it at least through the summer, but I can't make it through today. I'm done. And it was so weird. I called my husband and I said, uh, you probably remember this too. Sharon and I go oh, way yeah. back for those of yeah, you who yeah. don't know. <laughs> so, so I said to my, I called my husband. I said, honey, guess what I did? And he said, what? And I said, I quit my job. And he said, it's about time. And I was so relieved that that was his response to that. Because again, I mean, I'm giving away a really nice paying job, but, but it was killing me literally. And, you know, to have cancer twice on the same job was pretty, pretty bad. But you know what happened the next morning? I woke up, the knot was gone. I didn't have a knot all day. In fact, I had this huge smile on my face. I was having a very difficult time suppressing, not that I wanted to, but I knew, I knew I'd done the right thing by walking away from that. And, you know, three months later, um, Bill was got a job that he's still at today. And he was able to provide health insurance, and it was the same company I walked away from. So it was, it was, oh, it was just totally meant to be. Totally, yeah. Meant to be. It was really, and it it was, you know, a really important thing. And so I've been kind of sharing that importance of finding joy in your life and talking about bucket lists and with women since I first began speaking in in 2003. And I remember I was at the Komen Health Expo in 2004 when I had my second diagnosis. And I was sharing the concept of, you know, all all the stuff we all want to do someday, but not waiting for someday because there is no day called that. You Mm -hmm. have to do it today or you have to do it Tuesday or Saturday, but you got to make a plan and make it happen because if you don't, life will throw you a curveball. And then I remember I said, here's mine. And I pulled off my wig. Yep. (laughs) And there were all these people in the audience going, oh my God, you know, so it was, it was interesting, but I remember sharing that story with Kristen Janes. Sharon and I, Kristen Janes was one of our former board members. She was our board president. And I was sharing my story. Sharon was sharing hers. And Kristen said, well, you're, you found your, you guys found your twinkle. And we both kind of looked at each other and went, twinkle, we love that word. So, yeah. <laughs> so we kinda, stole it. <laughs> yeah. So we stole it. And we've been helping women ever since then, you know, finding their twinkle because it, it really is about finding those things in your life that bring you joy. And I'm not recommending that everybody run out and quit their job because, well, all the employers in the world would be really mad at us if we did that. <laughs> but, but, it's, but, but again, your twinkle is, you know, that, that, that emotion that literally comes out of your eyes yeah. when, when you're doing something or talking about something that really lights your fire, right? Yeah, it really it, does. It really does. And, you know, and so Sharon and I both help women find their twinkle. We both kind of do it in a different way. I, I do it more from a stage. Sharon does it more from through workshops and retreats and that sort of thing. But Sharon, why don't you take a minute and talk about where, what your twinkle is? Because I know it's more than it's more than just breast friends, too. It's you do photography and all kinds of stuff. So why don't you talk about that for just you know a minute or two? Well, I I think that's the key to this kind of topic is figuring out what your twinkle is, because sometimes we just get up, go to work, we do what, you know, is expected of us, come home, make dinner, we do, you know, whatever. And uh, unless you're just like an amazing cook and you really, really enjoy it, you know, there's not much twinkle there. Right. Um, or if you have a job that just really allows you to put all of your skills and strengths and gifts together, um, 
yeah, it may it may just be a paycheck like our job became. Right. And 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 so yes, sometimes it's so hard to leave something like that, but again, making uh figuring out what makes you shine, what makes you twinkle, what makes you get excited to get up in the morning. Yeah. Um uh and and you you know, then it's not work, right? Right. <laughs> We had this conversation. We had this conversation just yesterday when we were talking about, you know, when you when you downsize, you sell your home, and how hard it is because of all the memories. But then you've got something new to go toward, and as you start putting your heart and emotions into the new thing that you're going toward, it it takes the sting out of the thing that you're leaving, and. You know, and and for some people, it's their families. I mean, you, you, I know some of the most amazing moms in the world. Their twinkle is their children, and and I think that's incredible. I love that. So it's well, it's not. I do too. But you know, the reality is, guess what? They grow up. Grow up, and they move away. And <laughs> and unfortunately, I've known so many women who's you know they've poured everything into their children, and then they grow up and live their own lives. Well, darn, if you've done a good job, then that's hopefully what they've done. (laughs) But in the meantime, you need to, as mom or dad, figure out what else you want to do with your life, because otherwise it's going to leave a big hole in your life. And, and so that's, um, part of that whole messaging around finding your twinkle. As far as my twinkle is concerned, Definitely, I love to take photographs. Like, even just on my walk today, I went on a different um, path, found some things that I hadn't seen before, pulled out my cell phone, took great pictures of it. And again, I have my cell phone with me most of the time, so I have that opportunity. But when I'm really wanting to do it, I pull out my really good camera and <laughs> that too. But, um, but again, it is stopping, slowing down, Figuring out what makes you happy, what brings you joy. And again, we call that our twinkle. Yep, we do. And so with that, I think it's time for you to introduce our guest. I think so, too. Because she's finding hers. (laughs) Isn't that great? And I'm excited to introduce our guest today, uh, Michelle Beck. Michelle is a cancer survivor. She's actually a thriver and one of our key volunteers. Um, Michelle went through our Thriving Beyond program, and um, I, I have seen her grow so much in the last, you know, like several months. Um, she is going to share a bit of her journey and what it meant to find her twinkle in the midst of this cancer recovery. So definitely, let's welcome Michelle. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> Hello, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here today and talk about um, my journey and breast friends. Absolutely. I'm start, um, so I am, I'm an oversharer. I, okay. I tend to talk a lot. <laughs> and Welcome to our world. People don't normally talk about. That's okay. That's okay. Um, so, so why don't we start wife. by having a... you share? Oh, I'm ahead. sorry? I was just going to say, why don't you start by sharing a bit about yourself and your journey through the cancer? Sure. Um, I am a wife. I am a mother of one seven-year-old son, and I have four stepchildren, former executive assistant by career, and then I've been a, lucky enough to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, was first diagnosed. I'm a two-timer. I don't know if I said that. Two-time survivor and thriver. First diagnosed in December of 2012. 
ERPR positive, HER2 negative, all those wonderful cancer letters that we learn about. <laughs> and at the time, I had a 20-month-old son, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't have a mastectomy because I knew how difficult it was. And so I went with a lumpectomy, had radiation, and I kind of moved on, went back to being a mom and just living my life. And yes, I was a cancer survivor, but I kind of just put it in the back of my mind. And then fast forward to January of 2017, the rest of us were going through Snowmageddon here in Portland, and I was going <laughs> I remember through that. my, <laughs> yes, my second diagnosis. Uh, I had to go in for my biopsy the day after it snowed eight inches at my house. Oh, boy. Oh, and wow. it doesn't snow here. Right. Rare, rarely snows. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And I, I knew going in that I was going to have cancer again. Something in my head just said, it's you. You're going to have it again. And I had a new primary occurrence in my other breast. Mm. And at that point, my son was five at the time. And... I made the decision to have a bilateral mastectomy, just get rid of them. I don't need the boobs anymore. (laughs) I needed my life more than I needed those. And so I did that. I ended up also having a preventative hysterectomy, oophorectomy, take out everything. So at the end, I was left with no physical female organs, which really throws you for a loop. And then I also had reconstruction. So last year, I had three surgeries, um, worst year of my life. And I struggle with my medication daily with uh, the aromatase inhibitors, and it's hard. That's, but through various ways, I ended up coming here to Breast Friends, and they really helped me change my life. Michelle, before you go on, I want to ask you a question. You know, when you said that you had no physical female parts anymore at that point, how did you feel? I mean, how did that make you feel? Oh, I was devastated. It was hard enough that I had to, yes, it was a decision, but I Mm -hmm. chose to give up my breasts, which are so, it's an external identifier for being a woman. Mm -hmm. And while it is not, it is, my breasts are not me, it's a huge part of being a woman. And then come to find out, I personally had to either take shots every month to suppress my hormones because my cancer fed on hormones or to have my ovaries removed. I, it was like a double whammy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I chose mm-hmm. to have all of the ovaries, uterus, take everything because mm-hmm. I didn't ever want to deal with any type of other cancer down there. Yes, there's always chances that, you know, things could happen in other parts of the body, but if you're going to take my ovaries, take everything. But it was devastating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and, and again, here you had a, you know, five, six-year-old by this time, and... It also kind of finalizes the option of having more children. Yes. For us, we actually, I was an older mom. I had my son at 39, and we were actually trying to have our second when I got my first diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And I chose to essentially at that time decide to end trying to have another child. I already had four stepchildren, so we had five in our family. Mm-hmm. But it was still a really hard decision because mm-hmm. for me, I made the choice to go on tamoxifen and mm-hmm. it's, you don't get pregnant while you're on tamoxifen. No. Uh-uh. You, know, you, you can, but you should not. So at right, that point, right. it was taken away. But 
you know, there's always that thought in the back of your mind. Well, you know, I still could because I still had a uterus. But at that point, getting rid of the ovaries and uterus, it was done. Yeah. You're done. So, You're gone. Yeah, yeah. done. It, it's so final. And and I think even though in my situation, I was 40 when I was originally diagnosed and immediately threw me into um, menopause when I had my first chemo and pretty much I never came out of it. Um, and, you know, it was it was really even though I had no intention, my youngest was nine. I had no intention of having another child. But when that decision is taken away from you, exactly, uh, yeah, it's it's heartbreaking, and you do have to grieve that piece of it because otherwise it will it will haunt you. So, yeah. So, uh, besides that, what was the most challenging part of your journey? And then we're going to take a quick break. Sure, definitely the physicality of it. People talk about how hard the mastectomy is and um, and all of that, but the I also had to have a latissimus back flap on my left side because I had been radiated previously and not being able to do the things I wanted to do all the time. I still can't lift my arm more than, you know, uh, I, I don't know, a 45-degree angle on my left side. I can't mm-hmm. run with my son because my joints hurt. Um, mm-hmm. I had, sex is hard. The, you know, I don't have hormones anymore. So trying right. to, you know, have sex, sex after What's that? forced menopause, <laughs> All right. it's insane. I'm lucky yeah, that it's... I have a wonderful husband and we're figuring it out, but the physicality that the cancer has wrought upon my body is yeah. incredibly hard. Yeah, yeah. It, it is for sure. Well, listen, we're going to go out to break. So, Michelle, hold those thoughts because I, I think that this conversation is not over yet. So we'll, we'll sure. pick it up on the other side. And so stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about finding your twinkle in the midst of a of cancer with our guest um, Michelle Beck. So, Michelle, before the break, you were talking about just the sheer physicalness of going through a cancer diagnosis, treatment, and all of the crazy stuff that goes along with it. So, um, just so our listeners know, what is that latissimus flap you were mentioning? Yes, I. My first cancer diagnosis was in my left breast, and I had a lumpectomy, and I was radiated. Second time, when I had chose to have a bilateral mastectomy, you cannot, with reconstruction, sorry, that's a key part of it, I, I still wanted to have breasts, so I needed to have them reconstructed. And part of that is being able, they take all your breast tissue and skin. I was not able to save my nipples because of my breasts were large and the way they were situated. So all I had left after my mastectomy was skin. And to get new breasts, you need to have that expanded. You cannot expand skin that has been radiated or muscle. So for me, what they had to do was go around to my back, cut into my latissimus muscle, and somehow through the magic of modern science, bring it around <laughs> to the front of my breast under my armpit. Isn't and that, that is fascinating. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's intense, and that was the skin and the muscle that has been radiated, or excuse me, mm-hmm. expanded. So on mm-hmm. my left breast, it looks like I have a football type of a scar, and I was really freaked out when I first saw it because it has freckles on it from my back and little <laughs> tiny, tiny hairs from my back. <laughs> oh, oh, laser laser hair removal. <laughs> yeah, I literally looked down one day, I'm like, honey, look at this. I don't want to look at it. I'm like, neither do I, but it's here. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Oh. But, but part but, of know, that, unfortunately, still, is that my muscles on that side have been completely moved around. You yeah. don't realize how your shoulder muscles are so connected to your back muscles until you can't use them. So I have spent, I started in probably last fall, my last surgery was in July, with physical therapy massage therapy, acupuncture, anything to try to improve my range of motion. Um, I can't, I was trying on dresses a few months ago. I can't zip up a dress in the back because my left arm doesn't go around. I can't wash that part of my back anymore. I can't uh, put sunscreen on. Uh, I can't open jars with my left hand. It's, wow. And I'm working on it and it's gotten better, but it will never be the same. And is that because they took the, because they did it from your back? I mean, there's a lot of different ways to have reconstruction. I had radiated, uh, 
well, actually I had two radiated breasts eventually, but, um, but yeah, they took mine. We did what we call a deep flap. So yep. with the flaps, they can take it from your back. They can take it from your butt. They can take it from your abdominal wall. And then, but then the other procedure that I had is called a deep flap where they microsurgically remove the fat and the um, skin from your abdomen and then microsurgically attach it. So I have that football shaped scar on both sides. And then mm-hmm. when they added, when they tattooed nipples, now it looks like an eyeball. It's really kind of funny, but, um, but I don't have that. Range I have of that now too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't have that range of motion issue because they didn't mess with my muscle at all. So mm-hmm. I guess to our listeners, if you're listening and you're thinking about reconstruction, do talk to your doctors about all the options. All the options. Um, yeah. Because right. there are many different ways to do it that don't always involve, you know, that range of motion issue. So, Michelle, thank you for sharing that because I, I think that's a really critical thing for people to consider. So after all this time, you still have that same level of difficulty or are you, is it getting better, your ability to move better. your arm? I have physical therapy exercises that I do at home. Okay. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty good at it. I'm, I want it to improve, so I have to work on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. One thing... Well, physically that I do still struggle with is my medication. Since I am a two-timer, I don't think it's an option for me not to take the medication. And for postmenopausal women, there are aromatase inhibitors. They're very hard on my joints. Um, I, I, if I kneel down, I have a really hard time getting up. Oh, I if thought I that was just old age because I do too. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> Like I've fallen I, and I can't get up, but I didn't uh, really fall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I definitely feel really like that. Um, I, I've tried, there are three that I can try and I've tried all of them. I took a month off in the summer to see if that's what it really was. And I was a whole new person. I could move, I could run, uh, I could do things. That's awesome. Yeah. But for me, I need to be on the medication. Yeah. With my and again, and so, again, for our listeners, aromatase inhibitor inhibitor is that medication that blocks estrogen from reaching the cancer cells, and in some cases, it actually stops estrogen production. And because cancer feeds on something generally, and for most of us, it feeds on estrogen, and you don't want it to have food. So the idea is you starve it from the estrogen, and the cancer cells die. So, um, just to again explain that, but um, so you you actually got. You were able to move by being off of it for a month. Hmm. <laughs> That's tempting. I know. I yeah. know. I've been on them for years and years and years. Yeah. Okay. Let's switch gears, ladies. So okay. how yep. did you come to find Breast Friends? Because I think yes. that's where the twinkle comes in, right? It does, definitely. I live less than a mile from Breast Friends, and I pass it all the time. But since I had kind of moved on the first time around, I'm like, eh, I don't really know what it is. I'm good. However, in the fall, I needed to do something. I was feeling a little bit better, and my son was in school, and I wanted to do something. So I took a very part-time job at his school, working two hours a day in the lunchroom, essentially keeping kids in line, helping them open things. That was it. But I could not be on my feet for two hours a day. My feet Mm -hmm. were swollen. My hands were swollen. I was in pain. I was a mess. I quit after three days. And I literally left there and I sobbed in the parking lot after I sobbed in the principal's arms as I was quitting. And I drove straight to Breast Friends Mm. because I had seen it and I knew that I needed something. I needed something else to do. And I figured, oh, I can volunteer. I can can do that. I can sit Mm. down and do anything they want me to. 
-hmm. And I walked in and I met Allison and got my volunteer application and she could see that I was a mess. And Mm. thankfully, Yvonne was here, who's the patient care coordinator. I don't know the right term. I apologize. But she walked me over to Yvonne. And I sat and cried with her for an hour. And I had found a new friend. And then I started volunteering here three days a week. if Well, a couple days a week for three hours a day. Doing data entry. Because that's really all I had the availability for. And... I'm like, oh, I'm going to sign up for things. They have things I can do. I signed up for the Survivor <laughs> Luncheon, which was in October, which was a huge turning point for me, and Thriving Beyond, the weekend led by Sharon. And I was nervous about that. I had never gone away for a weekend with 10 women that I didn't know. I, mean, <laughs> I have a lot of friends and do stuff with them, but this was different. And Yeah, it can be intimidating, thriving. I'm sure. It was intimidating, and... Even though I'm an oversharer, I, I was a little nervous. And, but you get there to this wonderful house at the beach, and everyone makes you feel so welcome. Sharon leads us through this amazing workshop where we talk about our fears of cancer, what we, what we want to do, what good things have come from the cancer. And it's a whole weekend of working with these women. And it's amazing because everyone there has been through it. All of our journeys are different, but everyone gets it. We get that it's, it's hard and, well, you've had radiation and you've had chemo and you've had a lumpectomy and you've done this and you've done that, but you can share stories and you can compare notes. And coming home from that weekend, I was inspired. Going through the booklet of everything that Sharon has put together, you, you work on the steps that you want to do, the short-term, the long-term and she really helped me work on what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I, I'm just so thankful for that. And that weekend helped me find my twinkle. Yay, I love that. <laughs> That's so, tell awesome. us, so tell us about your twinkle. What, what, is, what does that mean? So that, for me, my twinkle is I want to become a public speaker and I want to write a book and I want to share my story and motivate people and inspire people. After, at the luncheon, I also realized that I want to be the keynote speaker at a luncheon, the Breast Friends Luncheon in three years. That was what I came out of that day from. I went to a session on Facing Your Fears with Dr. Shawnee Fox. Mm Mm-hmm where she also led us through an exercise where we closed our eyes and put away our fears about cancer and all the things that were stopping us and where we wanted to be in the future. And I, I had tears in my eyes, and it was streaming down my face, and I realized I need to share my story. I want to get it out there because I want other women to be inspired by me like I've been inspired by other women the keynote speaker at that luncheon was Kara, and I, I don't want to slaughter her last name, the founder of Fighting Pretty. Her speech was amazing and inspiring, and I know that I can do that. I want to be there and to be able to motivate people. That is going to be the twinkle for the rest of my life. 
Mm, well, Sharon, I, I think we have our keynote speaker for 2020. I guess so. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? Yeah, I love it. I love I it. Just, I just wrote that down on my notes here. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, my and, plan and, is to have my book published by then, so I'll have something to something to pitch at that point. <laughs> absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. Cool. And so what would you say your greatest blessing has been through all this craziness? Finding my new tribe. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I have I like a wonderful term. support system in the rest of my life. I have a great husband, my family, my friends, but they don't get it. They have no idea what it is like to be a cancer survivor, mm-hmm. to have something so important as your breasts or your female parts changed and be gone. But when I come into Breast Friends, we share and we hug And when I make phone calls to the women that I speak to in the HAP project, which I know we're going to talk about, I feel like that I have, I'm where I'm supposed to be Mm -hmm. because I can talk to women because I've been through it and I can help them. And every time that I come in here, it brightens my day and it lightens my mood and I'm inspired to go out and do more things in my own life. And that is the greatest blessing by far. And Michelle, I just want to say to that, having you in the Mm -hmm. office brightens all of us. You are very much a blessing in our office. Um, When when we first offered you that opportunity to take over the HAP project um, and you said yes, it's like, yeah, (laughs) sweet. Mm -hmm. Because it's it's a really important project. And do you guys mind if I kind of jump in and explain a little bit about that? Okay. Uh So basically our HAP project is we, we give out free um, they're kind of they're humorous hats. They're really cute, but it helps women kind of get through their journey. And it started because when I went through my journey way back before we even started Breast Friends, I was really sad and kind of depressed. And people were. I went out in public one time, and a, and a lady said to her friend, "Oh, that poor thing. I bet she's got cancer because I was bald and I had a scarf on. I mean, come on, really." But she said it out loud and made me like she was feeling sorry for me, and I hated that. So. I told my friends I was going to stay home and I wasn't going to go out in public again until my <laughs> till my hair grew back. And, and mine, minus the fact you had nine months of chemo. So yeah, yeah I knew I was going to be time. incapacitated for a while. And my, <laughs> yeah. my poor kids, my, well, actually, my, my kids loved it. I would send my husband to the grocery store because I wasn't going out. And he would go buy stuff and they'd come home with everything except dinner. We had soda. We had, <laughs> we had potato chips, ice cream. All this stuff, and then I'd say, so what's for dinner? And you go, uh, <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, it was really Back inconvenient, to too. But one day, a friend of mine, Patty, came over to my house, and she had this this package for me, and she wouldn't let me open it unless I promised to take it with a sense of humor. And I said yes, and I opened the bag, and inside was this really goofy little stupid hat that was a like a little baseball cap. It was white. It had black stick figures of bald-headed they look like space aliens. And right on the front, it said, no hair day. And I lit up when I saw that. I thought, oh, my gosh, this is great. I ran in the bathroom, pulled off my scarf, put my hat on. And I, for the first time, you guys, honestly, that was the first time I was able to smile back at my reflection since my hair fell out. And I don't think people understand how traumatic having your hair fall out can be. And, you know, like you said earlier, Michelle, you know, you lose your breasts. And in your case, you lost all of the other feminine things, and then you lose your hair, your eyelashes, your eyebrows. I mean, my gosh, you don't even look like the same person anymore. So I had a hard time with that. 
But when I got this hat, I smiled. And the very next day, I went out in public with my hat. I put a little makeup on, and I felt like a whole new person. And people actually smiled at me and talked to me instead of about me. And there was a whole story that happened at the grocery store the next morning, so I won't even go into that. But but it was a it was a really big moment in my life. And that's why I wrote my book, The Hat That Saved My Life, because it, it's just a little bit of the book. It's just a little bit of that book, but it's it, it's a significant thing because there's something we all have to find something to be able to embrace in this journey, you know, because it's not an easy journey, but and it mm-hmm. and it's hard to get through, but it's no reason to stop living. And by staying home, I was not living, honestly. And so when we started the Breast Friends, one of my first thoughts was, wouldn't it be cool if we if we had a trunk full of these hats that we could just give to women when we see them out struggling like I was doing? And so when we started it, my friend Patty, who gave me the hat, also gave us a, a $500 donation to kind of seed money to start the hat project. And so we fa- we met a woman named Joe who lives up in Longview, Washington, who came up with these awesome designs for us. We had these hats made. And now we ship them out all over the country to women who are going through the hair loss and yeah. and struggling with it. But we needed to we needed someone to manage it because it was kind of getting out of control. <laughs> so it was. And thank you, Michelle. You came yeah. to the rescue. So so what does that what does that project mean to you, Michelle? I am so honored to be a part of this project and everyone here in the office was doing a great job with it, but they all had other things to do. Uh, Ginger, one of the volunteers who had really been working on it, she also runs our Bald is Beautiful program, which is another fabulous option um, and program that uh, Breast Friends does. But the hats, we send them out to women all over the country, and then myself and others included, I get to call these women and say, hey, did you get your hat? And also, how are you doing? And Mm -hmm. these women light up when they get these calls, and I can can tell in their voices Quite a few of them are actually sitting in chemo when they take their phone calls from Mm. me. And I can just tell how thankful they are that someone cares. Someone Mm. who's, you know, not in their immediate world. We're calling to check in on them. And they're so thankful for their hats because it does give them something to smile about and to laugh about. And they send us pictures of themselves in the hats. And to know that I'm a part of this, to be able to just make these women feel a little bit better when they are going through one of the worst times in their lives, it's yeah. amazing. It mm-hmm. definitely is so such a wonderful experience for me. And today after I'm off of this phone call, I'm going to start making, we call them howdy calls, to these women. And I a lot of the times we just leave messages, but the ones I get to talk to, they literally make my day. That's awesome. That's great. That's well, listen, so great. we're going to go out to break, but when we come back, I want to talk more about this project because it is open to women all over the country to, to request a hat, and we'll talk about how to do that and all that. So stay tuned. We will be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. 
Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. We've been talking about finding your twinkle in the midst of a cancer uh, diagnosis, treatment, and beyond with Michelle Beck. So, Michelle, let's just get back to the hat project for just a second. And and so, how do people get a hat? So, there is a place on the Breast Friends website, and they go online to request a hat. They can do it for themselves or for friends or family. Um, and they just fill out, you know, a little bit of information about themselves, address, diagnosis, and if they want to write, you know, any notes or things like that so we know a little bit more about them, we get the requests and we mail out the hats weekly and then we just follow up on them. And it's just the, you know, we, I instituted a, you know, a few processes, but everything was really in place, but I'm just so honored to be able to do this and um, when I was asked to do it, at first I was a little nervous, but then I'm like, oh, no problem, I got this. And I went <laughs> yes, home that first do. night and made <laughs> a binder and processes. And um, as a former executive assistant with serious OCD, it, uh, this is a good project for me. <laughs> it's a perfect project for you, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> I mean, the, the very first meeting after she took this job, you, you walked into our staff meeting with a notebook with you know <laughs> all the forms ready. and the letters and... <laughs> All the processes step by step. It was it was really awesome. And so, you know, the one thing I do want to say to our listeners, you know, a lot of people say, well, do I have to have had breast cancer? We work with all women's cancers. So if you're, you know, if you've had breast cancer, ovarian cancer, any of the gynecologic cancers, that's who these hats are really intended for. So we just do ask people to please honor that as, you know. Well, obviously, just honor that. <laughs> so, yeah. I- and I want to describe them just a minute because the designs on the hats are really put there for to to kind of recapture your sense of humor. Because sometimes, as people are going through this whole process of uh, cancer treatment, chemo, uh, losing their hair, all of that. 
it's not kind of a funny thing. It's, you know, and, and so you kind of lose your sense of humor sometimes. And so that's what these hats are really designed to do. One of them has a design of a cute little bald woman with big old hoop earrings with a little bunny rabbit poking up behind her shoulder. And it says, has anyone seen my hair? H-A-R-E. And then the other one. I still chuckle at that. I know. I love that <laughs> one. And and the other one um, is temporarily bald, permanently beautiful. And again, a bald lady with the big hoop earring. So, minus you know, the bunny. <laughs> uh, minus the bunny. Exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, they're just, they're both such sweet images. And they do make you smile. They do make you laugh. Um, and so uh, we we love being able to share those with our with our. Um, uh, people so yeah. and they come in pink or teal so you Absolutely. can actually pick your image and your color and exactly. um, so yeah we we love sending those out it's a big project of ours um, and it's free so you know it, we always accept donations because that keeps things going forward but um, it's not a mandatory thing and we will send them out regardless of donations or not so exactly so, yeah so, so Michelle what 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 would you say has changed for you since you found Breast Friends and have kind of gone through yes. this process? Uh, so much has changed. When I came here, I was depressed. I, I was lost, and I didn't know what I was going to do other than be fatigued and lay in bed all day, and I was a mess. I, but when I came here... I found a new a new purpose. Yes, I have my son, and he's a huge part of my life and my family, but I needed something for me. And I had talked about this for quite a while with my husband, even without the cancer, that mm-hmm. as a mom who stays home, I had kind of lost my own identity, mm-hmm. and Breast Friends has helped me find that again. I love uh, that. That's great. I love that. It's, it's huge for me. I, I have a reason to get up. Yes, my son, and he, but he's seven now. He's he's kind of self-sufficient other than, you know, getting him to camp and making sure he's <laughs> doing all the things that a seven-year-old is supposed to be doing. But that doesn't mean that's an identity for me. And right. now I have people who count on me. I need to make sure that the HAP program is running smoothly. By no means is the HAP project a one-woman show. No. I It would not be here where it is today without the support of... Diana and Ginger and Joe and Elizabeth and wonderful volunteers. But it's I need to keep an eye on it. I need to I need to keep counts. I need to know what is going on. And I have a responsibility. And to know that people are counting on me is important. Mm-hmm. And now also that I know that I need to take what I've been doing, which I write a blog, and I want to make it public and I wanna I want my reach to grow and I want to be able to share my message. And without Breast Friends, I would have never been able to do that. Uh-huh. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And thank I you love for the that. name, That's, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, and also a couple other things I would love to say about Breast Friends. The Thrive is amazing. And if women out there, local women who have gone through cancer recently, or I'm not even sure, recently is important, but if you haven't done a weekend like this, you should check into it. Um, The monthly Warrior Women Workshops are fabulous. Every month there is something that we do with, um, this month it was 
I think Bob's Red Mill. So you go to different places. You, I think there's going to be a horse riding one. There is a natural one class. Field there trip. is <laughs> field, yes, field trip yeah. for warrior women, and you get to further bond. There are girls' nights out. There's the bald is beautiful. The programs that are all free for these women are amazing, and the donations from everyone are very needed. But um, Breast Friends puts it all together, and I just cannot say enough about them. Well, thank, thank you, Michelle, and you're, you're you're a good spokesperson. So we'll make sure that we <laughs> air this plan. regularly. <laughs> yeah, for sure, well, for Michelle. Sure. Let's talk about what's next for you, because I yeah. know you know you kind of touched my heart because my twinkle is speaking. I love being on a stage in front of a bunch of people, and and I love the hugs that come afterwards because I know if I got it, if I get a hug, it's because I touched a heart, and that's really where I, you know, that, that's what, how I know I've done a good job. And so what is it about speaking that, that gets you? Why do you want to get up on a stage? Because there's lots of ways to tell your story. And most people are scared yeah. to death to get up in front of people and speak. So tell us why, that's, why that works for you. I think it is one of the best ways to really impact a group of people. One thing I also do is write a blog, but I'll talk about that uh, in a minute. But speaking, like when you... It's, I, there's so many parts about it that are amazing because I used to be ridiculously afraid of public speaking. I remember 20 years ago I worked with, I was a paralegal and I worked with lawyers and I had to get up and speak about patent law and I was terrified. Oh. <laughs> I would be too. <laughs> who is, right, because no one is passionate about patent law. But yeah. now <laughs> I have something that I can talk about that I am so incredibly passionate about. That makes yes, a difference. I'm a two-time it does breast make cancer a difference. survivor. And it sucked. However, it has changed my life. Yeah. And I'm going to go forward and make my life a whole amazing journey. And I want women, other women and other survivors and people who are going through other things to know that they can do that as well. And what they need to find is inside of them. And if I can share that and help one person or ten people or hundreds of people, that's what I want to do. And I well, you know, I would be nervous on stage, ahead. but I'm not. <laughs> well, you know, it's really, I was just going to say that because um, at, we have a, gala, a a big gala every spring, which is a big fundraiser for us. And this year we put, we put a survivor, actually we had a couple survivors on the stage that were not, I mean, Sharon and I are also survivors and we were on stage, but we don't count. So <laughs> we had, we had Sharon's daughter who was there. And we also had Michelle. And I knew that this was Michelle's first experience really doing this and sharing her story. And she, we gave her a spot on the stage and she spoke for, I think, maybe up three minutes or something. It was just meant to be short. But Michelle, you were so polished and so relaxed. And you just told your story beautifully. And I, I just remember thinking, yeah, this girl's got it. And when you get your whole story put together and deliver it in a way that you're going you're gonna to be you're going to be a monster at this, you know, yeah, and I mean that in the best be way. So Absolutely. yeah, you, you did a great job. So I want to well, just, you know, say that you're, you're, you got the right vision going forward. So good for you. So let's talk about your well, book. Cause I don't want to run out of thank time. You. So that's okay. Yeah. Um, so tell us about your book. I, I'm going to write a book and okay. I have been over the past, um, mostly in the past year, but I started a private blog uh, on Facebook when I went through my first round of cancer because I have a lot of friends and family who are not local and there's only so much you can talk about it over the phone. And so yeah. I would write. 
And I would write about the good stuff and the bad stuff. At that point, it was mostly bad stuff. And it was mostly just updates. But this time around, I started writing about things that were going on, experiences that I was having. And, but it was still private on Facebook for 100 friends and family. But after I had gone to the Survivor Luncheon, I decided, well, if I'm going to do this with my life, this has to be public. And so I drove home that day, and all I could think about was, what, what, is, my, what is my website going to be named, and what is going to be my tagline? And I went home and talked about it with my husband, and we came up with the phrase, I never liked pink. And it was available, and I chose it. And as a, as a girl, as a young girl, you know, pink is quite often a feminine color. It was never for me. I was purple. I was green. Any other color but pink because I was not a girly girl. My grandmother had passed from breast cancer, so I had a few pink ribbon things and, you know, a pink ribbon keychain and a pink heart. But other than that, I was like, eh, not really pink. But once you have breast cancer, you are identified <laughs> with pink. And yeah, whether you like it or it. not, huh? Yeah. yeah. Right. And I never did. So for me, that was, I put all of my posts public, and now I write about fun things. I read about, um, by, I got tattooed last week. I got my nipples tattooed last week, so that was my last post. Because I want to Shameful woman. crazy experience. <laughs> and, but I, so I am going to take parts of what I've been writing over the past year, and I'm going to turn that into a book because I want to motivate people. Good. My next thing I'm going to write about, which I'm working on, is my health and my weight and trying to be healthier. And because I'm a cancer survivor, I have to be healthier. I need to live longer to be around to see my son as an adult and my son have kids. Yeah. And I want to share all these things because I want to motivate people. So I'm currently working on trying to find the right hook for my book because I want it to be fun. I want it to be a memoir, but inspirational. I want people to laugh. I want people to cry, but I want them to end with hope and that's what it's going to be. And I'm sure it will be called I Never Liked Pink. Yep. Because that's yeah, I think that's a great world. title. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. Fabulous. It's really good. Well, listen, Keto, we are pretty much out of time. So um, I want to thank you for giving up your morning. I know that brings you into the Breast Friends office much sooner than you normally would be there. But um, thank you for making that effort and being on our show with us today. I'm so excited about your, your career, Michelle, and where you're going to go with all of this. I'm so glad we get to be a part of it with you. And that's that, I think it's just a, a blessing for all of us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I do want to say to our listeners, um, if you are interested in the hat project and you know someone who needs a hat, go to breastfriends.org. I can't remember the actual can't remember the actual URL, but if you just go to the search box and type in Hat Project, it'll take you right to the page where you can order one. Um, you can also make a donation online right there, um, either through that, that form or um, on the big blue button at the top. And just to close, we will be back next week. Until then, remember, there is always hope, and we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. There is always hope. 
and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.